excuse. Arai, women, right? Hello? I'm not here to tickle your ears. I said that earlier. I'm here to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Whenever, remember, we're talking about kingdom. You are a kingdom of God, right? You are. The king is inside you. And he has given you power, right? And authority. And if that is so, okay, then your words are powerful. What do we use our words for? Right? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. That's why if the end, if you know this, the enemy will tremble. That you use your mouth to give glory. You use your mouth to cast him out. Hello. Hello. You can advance the kingdom of God. But what do we do? We keep on grumbling, it says there. We give it, you know, it says there earlier we read. It says, you know, hospitable and do not grumble to one another. Do not complain. Amen? Because this is part of our journey. We have a spiritual journey. It's from glory to glory to glory. And if you feel like, I cannot do it. Maybe your gift is another thing. If you cannot dance because you have two left feet, you know, go teach, right? If you're in the Philippines, we call it marites. Marites is a gossiper. Mare anulates. So that's what it is. We, we, you know, you can talk other things. Talk about Jesus. Gossip about Jesus. Amen? And, and, and that's, you know, and if your husband's, you know, if your husband stops you from ministering, or working in the church, lay hands every night. Lord, cast out this demon in Jesus' name. All right? I did that for many years, and it did. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so now it's a restoration period. You have authority. It's time that women should walk alongside men. And I want you to stand up into your God-given calling. You know, there's, what, oh, there's a word called ignorance. Right? Ignorance is bad. It's lack of knowledge of who you are. It's lack of knowledge of the truth of the word. And this is the reason I'm doing this. I'm preaching everywhere, encouraging women. Because I want women to arise. And that's the, you know, I, I, I changed the name from Women in Revival. Now my ministry is called Women Arise. Because I want women to get up. I want them to stand up from ignorance and uncertainty into their God-given calling because you have a calling. Tell your neighbor, you have a calling. Yeah. You know what calling is about? It's, it's a divine influence of God upon your lives. It is already there. It's written in your book of life. It's in Psalm 139, 16 that God, it says there that you have a book. And in that book, it's all written even before you were created. You have a destiny. You have a purpose. And God wants you to reach that. God wants you to finish the race. Come on. Right? But if you're not going to walk alongside the Holy Spirit first, instead of, you know, I know I said walk alongside men or your spouse or your pastors. But the first thing you need to do is to get to know the Holy Spirit first. Amen? Because he is the transformer. Without the Holy Spirit, if you're not aligned with him, you don't get your breakthrough. 
I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Amen? You need to be anointed. How? How can I be anointed? Anointing is the empowerment to do the job. It is the enabling for you to arise in your gifts, in your ability, so that you could minister. Amen? That's the anointing. You are anointed to preach, to teach, to go out there and minister. Amen? Amen? And how do you receive this? Spend time with God. Tell your neighbors, spend time with God. Do you know that in the last few weeks, last week and this week, the enemy has been attacking me physically. I didn't have many hours of sleep. And that's why Divina asked, how was your sleep last night? And I said, oh God, I didn't have a good sleep. He's been attacking me. And I was telling Pastor Roslyn and, you know, and a few ladies in the church that I'm getting dizzy every day. All right. But I'm normal. You know, everything, I'm healthy and everything. And I says maybe, um, I say maybe cholesterol, but everything is normal. I just had my annual checkup. And it could be because I'm losing sleep, all right? But I'm eating a lot, you know, good food and a lot of baboy in Tagalog, babi, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but you know, that's bad. Okay, don't copy me. I love to eat. <laughs> but you know, but I said, Lord, you know, I don't believe in sickness and disease. You know, I'm 64. All right. <laughs> I'm 64. But praise the Lord, my strength is come from the Holy Spirit. Right? I, I believe I could not minister. And I said, Lord, you're, you know, I'm here in Malaysia for a purpose. And I rebuke all sicknesses and diseases in my body. And I know I can stand with your anointing. Apart from the Lord, I am nothing. Right? So, Anyway, so I've been casting out demons. I've been, you know, asking God to just empower me. And this morning when I got up from bed, whoa, it turned around just like a roller coaster. And I told my husband, pray for me because I'm very dizzy. And I don't know why I can stand up right now. All glory to God and still preach, you know, with power because of the anointing. It is the anointing that break the yoke. Amen. Do I hear an Amen. So women, if you don't have a relationship with God, it's hard to stand up. Amen. The enemy will just laugh at you. Enemy cannot, you know, you know, that's why we, we have problems in deliverances. You know, we spend hours and hours casting out demons instead of hours with God. Amen. It's not a formula when you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You can never say that. There is no power to that if you don't have a rela relationship with that name. Amen. How is your relationship with Jesus? Amen? It is the relationship. It's the intimacy that you have with Christ that the enemy see. We have a great light, Jesus Christ. The enemy knows who carries that light. Okay? It's not a magic formula. So the enemy will just laugh at you. If you don't have that relationship. No wonder many spend hours and hours casting out demons. But look at the lifestyle of Jesus. Early morning, at dawn, before dawn, third watch, fourth watch. He's already up in the mountains, you know, talking to his father. Hours and hours. That's why when he comes down from that mountain, one word, out, go, healed. It's done. Because he spent more time with his father. Right? And that's the reason why one thing that I'm teaching our 
institute that we will have next year because we're starting to do many mod modules and you know lessons is that it's about power evangelism. I want people to go out and use their supernatural gifts in doing evangelism. That when you go out on the streets, you see someone who's already afflicted, someone who's sick, and you can just identify what kind of demon. You see it in the body. It's like a, you're scanning it, and you see where it is. Because we have so many testimonies of healing. Just recently, on a Sunday service, someone came to the front for healing. And I asked her, what do you want me to pray for you? She was wearing a blouse like this. And she says, I want you to pray for my scoliosis. Okay. I said, I, I, I could not believe that she has. But she says, because I'm wearing a blouse, I always wear wide blouses, wide tops. And when I put my hand at the back, immediately you could see the hump. Have you seen someone with a hump? It's right here on the right side of her backbone. And the hump was there. When I say, Lord, heal her, when as soon as I hit, you know, the, my palms uh, hit that flesh, her back, something moved. I know it's a spirit. All right? And I said, in the name of Jesus, I cast this spirit out. It moved again. She has scoliosis. When she was a teenager, I think, or child, I can't remember, but it's not inborn, but it's something she developed. And so I asked her, to forgive people. Unforgiveness is a doorway for the enemy to get inside your body. Hello, that's an open door, all right? And so she repented. She asked forgiveness. She has two brothers who are both doctors, and they want her to have an operation for her spine. But she believes a miracle. That's one thing. In deliverance, expectation is so important. She believes. Jesus did not make many miracles because of the doubts and unbelief of the people in, her own, in his hometown. So she believed, and she says, I believe for a miracle. I said, good. And then suddenly I told the usher to get paper, a plastic for deliverance, because I know something's going to happen. And as soon as I said this, forgive. And then I heard a word. So this is a combination of partnership with her and heard the word witchcraft. Somebody put a witchcraft on her. And I said, I rebuked this witchcraft. I cut it off. Every negative words and curses said over your life, I break it. I cancel it in the name of Jesus. She started to vomit. And something came out. I knew it's a spirit. It's an air. Demons don't have flesh and blood. It's spirit of the air. And so something came out, and instantly, you know, she said, something happened. I said, I believe. And I said, you have short legs. Yes, yes, two inches difference. Because she has a shorter leg because of the spine curved already. All right, you know, it shortened. And so because of that, we just commanded to grow. This is creative miracle. We commanded it to grow. And she started crying and crying and jumping. You know what? For the first time, she felt both of her feet are flat on the ground. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because that's the power that God can do to each one of us. And women, you have the capacity to do this. It's not you, but the Holy Spirit will use channels, your hands, healing hands. Amen. 
And this is something I want to share because you are a woman of power. You're a woman of influence. Do I hear an amen? You need to understand this, that you have a calling upon your life. Regardless of what the enemy is saying, you are called. And your primary calling is number one, to put Christ first in your life. Your primary calling is to follow Jesus Christ and obey whatever is written in the word. Walk the talk, especially for us pastors. Wow, whatever we say, we get challenged and we need to walk the talk. Amen. Hello. So everything that we testify, we need to walk it. Luke 9, verse 23. It says here, if anyone, I go back to my slide. Luke 9, 23. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So this is the call of Jesus, you know, to, for all of us. It is for us to give our lives to him. We must deny everything and surrender all to Him. That is our primary calling. And what is your calling in the church? Call, you are called into ministry. So it's the same thing. It's a divine call of God. But do not confuse this with personal ambition. Some people will say, I think I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a, a minister of God. I'm called to be a teacher. That's good. But it is not something you create or you heard it from one person. The anointing comes from God. He is the one who will appoint you for that very purpose that he created you. Amen. I didn't know that I'm going to be a pastor. I didn't like to be a pastor. Okay, I was a businesswoman. And I like to remain in business. But the Lord shut up, closed all of my businesses. And that's why I might challenge the ladies, those who want to be in business with me. You want to lose? You want to have a bankruptcy? Then make me a partner. <laughs> right? Because definitely the Lord will close it. Because the Lord told me not to. Because that was my testimony. My testimony is, you want to hear my testimony? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I use, okay. At an early child, my family came from a poor family. My mom, his, her family is rich. But my dad's family, none. Really poor. His father died when he was in the womb of my grandmother. So he never knew his father. And when he was in school, my father was a maintenance man, a janitor, cleaning buildings, okay, until he finished his college. So we were poor, and my mom is the youngest of 10. So I could see the influence of money over my dad because of my mom's family will say, do this, do that. Money speaks, right? Okay. And we were not believers. Okay. So... In other words, my father says, when we go to America before 1971, that was the martial law in the Philippines. And my dad says, before martial law happens, how did he find out ahead of time? Because his uncles were all uh, serving in the military. And there was a rumor there will be a martial law in the Philippines. All right. So my father said to my mom, go to America. So that's it. We went to America before martial law. My mom did. And then we followed. And my dad said, when you go to America, make sure you work hard because I don't want you to be poor. Okay. So I understand that. I was only 50. I strived really hard because my dad kept telling me, you're smart. You're intelligent. You can make it. You can do it. So I did. At the age of 15, I was in college. So I was accelerated. I worked so hard. At the age of 17, 18, I graduated and I Got into the first 
work that I had was uh, I was a worker in the Bank of America. That was my first job at the age of 18. I'm too young, all right? And then after that, I applied for the university. So fast forward, I got a job in the University of California, San Francisco. And after that, uh, being in the university, I was so ambitious that I started studying and studying. I studied real estate. My dream is to be a director of the university, the first woman director in the University of California, San Francisco. It's me. I got the position as a director. Second, I wanted to be a millionaire before the age 30. I became a millionaire at the age of 28. And I, because of real estate and my job, I was making so much money out of directorship and real estate. To make it just simpler, I live in Beverly Hills in, to, in the year 19, wait a minute, 2000, 98, 99, 91. All right, sorry, 91, okay? That was 92, I was in Beverly Hills. But let me tell you, I was not happy. Money will never make you happy. Never. I was lost. I didn't know Christ. No matter you buy jewelry, you buy cars, everything in cash, nothing satisfied. And I said, there's something wrong with me. Something is wrong. I'm so empty. I don't have joy. You know, I'm always serious. I'm always thinking of how to make money. Imagine that. Because my father said, I have, so I could help them. But then I realized I suffered a lot. My family and so forth. Make the long story short, I met, I met the Lord in 1994 on a vacation in the Philippines. And that was the start. And since then, no turning back. I lost everything, by the way. I gave up. The first challenge is the Lord said to me, surrender your house in Beverly Hills. I did. I gave a million-dollar house to someone. I gave my cars, our cars, you know, to someone. We all went back to the Philippines, our children, just the clothes on our back. What a challenge, right? My husband has a different story. He's a drug addict. That's different from my story. I was a good girl. All right. My husband is, is the left. I'm the right. All right. So we were just, but we were put together by God. Praise the Lord for that. You know, and so that's why I'm telling you, you know, whatever idols you have right now, God can take that away. And the very first thing he broke me with, money. He took all. And I said, Lord, why? I kept battling in the spirit because I know how to do spiritual warfare. So I was teaching. I, I was uh, raising money through real estate because that's what I knew. I was 35 years old. I was doing all this, you know, real estate thing and nothing for a whole year, nothing closed. All transactions down. And I kept, you know, rebuking the enemy. Get out of my life. Da, 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 da. You stop it. And, that, and you know what? The Lord says, nothing will happen because this is your season for breaking. And your idol is money. And I said, okay, do it unto me, Lord. Do it quickly. <laughs> Please, and, and so be it. But you know what? Now, I'm so blessed. God is good. Whatever this enemy stole from me, 
He restored it seven times. And this will also happen to you. Amen? When I was younger, before meeting the Lord, only a few nations I've been to for travel, for vacation. This time, I'm traveling around the world with God. With God, the best employer. Come on. He's the best. He provides every need. Amen? So because why? I surrendered my life. And the word of God says that he is your provider, right? He's the unlimited source of everything. So Lord, I'll go to Malaysia. You, if this is your will, pay the bill. <laughs> so that's it. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is my primary calling. And your primary calling is to have a relationship with God. Do I hear an amen? All of us have different calling. Paul was called to be an apostle. I could, I'm a sent out. I'm also an apostolic, prophetic teacher. I preach. And I, I, I'm called, you know, all of my children, spiritual children, they call me mama. Someone prophesied to me way, way back, 28, 20, 2008 or 2010. And Hannibal Mundik, I think that's his name, he was a guest in the church. And he saw me. And he said, he wrapped a robe around me and said, this was 2008, I think, or nine. And then he said to me, everyone will call you mama. And that's the start. They call me Mama Rach, Mama Rachel, or Mama, you know, Nanai for some. And that, and, and that was it because that is my calling. And then, this is so funny. I want to tell you something. I know my name, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. The Americans pronounce it Rachel, right? But my mom, whenever she is mad at me, she calls me Raquel, okay? And then I was in Israel, all right, this February, and there was a Messianic Jew. He said to me, Raquel, I remembered my mom. <laughs> I said, Raquel, and she says, do you know the meaning of your name? I said, Rachel means a you, a female sheep, and also a shepherdess. No wonder I'm a pastor. No, no, no. He says, you know what Raquel means in Hebrew? It is the womb of God. That's why you have many spiritual children. I said, wow, they call me mama. Not only that, because you have a womb, all right? You are the womb of God. Whatever God puts in you, whatever God wants you to carry, that burden, you can give birth to it. Women, you have a womb. Not only me, all of us have spiritual womb. Whatever you carry for many months, do not worry because God will make it real. God will put it into fruition. If you think that it's not coming, Lord, it's not, I'm not having breakthrough yet. Come on, after nine months, believe. You will give birth to what you've been praying for. You will give birth to what the Lord has put in your heart. I Do I hear an amen? It's time to arise. Receive it from the Lord. Let the Lord impregnate your womb. What is it? Is it a ministry? Is it a relationship? Is it your children? Is that your, your son who is so prodigal that you're praying for? Come on, believe it. Whatever you receive in your womb, receive it with power. Believe it and declare it. You have the power in your tongue. Whatever you declare, that is going to happen. Amen. Come on, rise up. Rise up, women of God. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you make us a woman. I thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you for the authority.